Welcome to the Loco Parentis podcast, a fostering and adoption podcast featuring former cared for children and adoptees. Hosted by me, Twana May, a former cared for child and adoptee. And this week I've got with me Marley Price. Hello Marley. Hi Twana, how's it going? It's going all good. Um, I met Marley last year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I did this weird little gig, because I do stand-up comedy, but I did this weird little gig where you had to speak for one minute. And usually I do gigs where I speak for 10 minutes. So I thought, what am I going to say in that one minute? And so I thought I'd just mention the podcast and sort of threw it out to the room and said, if anybody knows any adoptees or anybody who's been in care, get in touch. And then the person who came on after me was Marley, and who then said, hello, my name is Marley, and I was adopted. <laughs> and so we had a bit of a chat afterwards. So um, where do we start? Because I know quite a bit about you, but no one else does. So, But what I do know is you were adopted when you were five. Yeah. So I think my adoption story is slightly different to a lot of people's um, because... Uh, so I was adopted when I was five, but I still know I'm still in touch with both my biological parents. And my adopted mum actually chose um, for my adoption to be an open adoption. The judge ruled that it should be a closed adoption, but my mum thought it was really important that I maintained a relationship with both my biological parents. Is that what an open adoption is? Yeah. Because I never... Right, thank you. So I'm learning terms as I go along. Yeah, I think it's really common in America, actually. I think it's much more common that they do it. But over here, it's not so much of a thing. So normally you're adopted and then your biological parents lose all rights, obviously, and then you you can seek them out when you're 18. Um, but I think because of the way that I was adopted, it meant that it was always very open. And I think that I didn't have that questioning that a lot of people that I know who've been adopted, who have experienced, is that kind of sense of like, well, who am I, where do I come from, to a certain extent, because I did have these two people here who I knew were my biological parents, yeah. um, which was really positive. But I think also then brings with it quite a lot of conflict, um, because then you're kind of split. Like I always joke that I feel like I've got like four mothers and then like one slightly useless dad god love him um but yeah it's it's complicated judging juggling quite a lot of people i think yeah so yeah um and so i always knew i was adopted um and because i was five i was quite involved i guess in the adoption process like i had a social worker who was kind of like you know are you sure you want to be adopted and yeah. Were you asked those questions? I was asked those yeah. questions. Okay. Um, I remember I had to sit on the judge's lap. I, I, don't, I don't think they do that these days. <laughs> I don't think they do that. <laughs> no. They would do that now. I sat on the yeah. judge's lap to sign my name and she, oh, said wow. I, she said I had neat handwriting. Oh, wow. So I remember that. Yeah. Wow. But See, because, uh, like, sorry to interrupt, because I, I knew that I was adopted, mm-hmm. but I was older and so I was nearly 15, so there was no chance of me sitting on anybody's no. lap. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember us signing anything. Yeah, but. I think I had to sign my name to yeah. say that I agreed as well. Yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, I remember it being quite, uh, my mum made it quite like a celebratory thing. I think she took me like, I think we went to London, I think we came up to London actually yeah. for the day. To the and, High Court? Um, no, no, not for the adoption, but like as like a okay. celebration yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she kind of framed it as a really positive thing. And it's funny though, because she always forgets the like anniversary of my adoption. I think it was like the 16th of June, but my biological mum always remembers it. And so, yeah, it's just interesting that yeah. I obviously held that real. Do you know why you were adopted? So my mum and my biological mum were actually together. Yeah. Um, and they were together until I was 18 months old. And then my biological mum left us both yeah. and left me with my adopted mum. So I kind of always grown up knowing my like from birth I knew my my now adopted mum who I just call mum, but soon my biological mum left, um, and so yeah didn't have any contact with her for a while, um, and then and it's interesting actually because she's I'm her other child she also has another daughter who she didn't raise either, um, so it's quite a I think for her it's quite a complex thing because she's got these two now adult daughters who she doesn't who neither of us see her as, like, mum, but I think she feels like, yeah, that she's sort of... A parent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so when I was growing up, once they'd kind of got over their difficulties, um, and also I think my adopted mum was then terrified that my biological mum was going to take me away. My biological mum is from South Africa, and I remember her telling me that my mum had hidden her passport. She thought my mum had hidden her passport because she was obviously terrified my biological mum was just going to run away with me and take me to South Africa and then she was never going to see me again. Um, but it took it until I was five for her to actually formalise it and adopt me officially. Um, but weirdly, social services wanted her to foster me, and I'm not sure why, 
they were really keen for her to foster me um, instead of formalizing it and adopt and adopting me. Um, they were like, you know, you'll get money for it. And she was like, she's my kid. I don't, I don't want money for her. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Slightly, slightly messy situation, I think, that kind of ended up, I mean, for me, it's just always been normal. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely complicated, I think, especially at parents' evenings. Like, you've got these people, and because my mum, my adopted mum is gay, um, and so sometimes there'd be like these three women sitting in front of a teacher and they'd be like, I don't know which one I'm talking to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so your biological mum would be involved with certain things, so like parents' evening and sort of stuff your, yeah. quite, quite a bit of your life yeah so I saw her every Saturday when I was a kid um oh. so we used to have Saturdays out together which was really nice um but again like slightly fraught because of the difficult relationship between her and my adopted mum um but yeah that was really lovely for me and I think yeah she was kind of like a fun auntie like we'd yeah. go out and do nice things and we'd bake cakes and but I think the contrast as well because so my biological mum is very middle class um and yeah, we'd like really need to Blighton and do crafts and stuff. And then my adopted mum is like very working class, very bright, and she spent time in care herself as a kid. And I think, yeah, again, that thing of straddling, I think straddling multiple worlds, because yeah. I think having to be a child for different people, I guess, mm. and different people having different expectations yeah. of me. And I remember going out with my adopted mum, my biological mum, sorry, um, like being out with her and her saying, oh, this is my daughter, Marley. And me feeling really conflicted about that because it's like, but I don't see you as my mum, but obviously you see me as your daughter. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that has still been quite a difficult thing to kind of wrestle with, I guess, in terms of how she feels about it and how I feel about it. And yeah, making sure that no one's feelings get hurt, but also, yeah, it's like my loyalties lie with my adopted mum as my mother, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when I, I remember when I was getting adopted, um, when the process was going through and my social worker said, you know, she, you know that my adoptive mum, like, I th- I th- I'm not sure she used the word real mum, but in my head I remember her saying she's not your real mum. And I was furious, so I was like quite a precocious child, and I was like, yes, she is, she's my mum, she's my mum. And this woman said, no, no, you're not supposed to say that, because obviously she hadn't adopted me yet, so I hadn't been formalised. And I went downstairs, and I was furious, and I said to my mum, you know, this lady's saying you're not my mum. And she's like, well, Marley, what does a mum do? And I was like, well, you know, a mum brushes your hair and takes you to the ballet and does all this stuff. And she was like, and who does all that for you? And I was like, you do. And she's like, so I'm your mum. Yeah. And for her, that was it. It was that straightforward that, yeah. you know, she was the one that loved me and took care of me. And that's all that mattered, really. I like the bit when you said about being like an, um, kind of having, kind of straddling like multiple worlds. And I don't think people quite understand that's, I don't know, because I'm meeting sort of through this and just through bits and bobs that I'm doing, I'm meeting more people who've kind of been adopted and stuff or like been in care and just kind of how you're kind of not quite fitting in anywhere and you're kind of hovering between certain things. And sometimes it's just all in that one space. It's this is feels really normal. But then if somebody looks in from the outside, they're like, what what is this? And then you can go somewhere else and it can be really normal. But then if you sit there and laid it all out and said, well, this this one and this one and this one and this one and this and that, people are like, what the hell? It's like, yeah, it's a stress, guys. Yeah. They don't get the kind of... <laughs> and different people's emotions as well, like managing different people's emotions. So if you're in contact with, I don't know, a biological parent and also an adoptive parent and they've had a relationship as well in the past. There's a lot of complexity. Yeah. There. Yeah, and I think also because... I didn't know until I was about eight that I had a half-sister, mm. uh, my biological mum's other child. Obviously um, older than you. Older than yeah, me, yeah. much older than me. And so my adopted mum had chosen not to tell me because she knew that my half-sister didn't want anything to do with yeah. me. Um, but my mum was actually in hospital for a period and my biological mum was looking after me. And I knew something was up because she bought me some sweets and she never did that. And um, we were in the car somewhere and she suddenly pulled over into the like lay-by and was like, there's something I need to tell you. And I knew, I'd met my half-sister before, but I just didn't know she was my half-sister. And she was like, she's your sister. And it was like this massive revelation. I was like eight and kind of lonely only child, where I'm like, oh my God, I've got a big sister. That's so cool. But she obviously didn't want to know. And like, even now she'll kind of be like, oh, you guys are so similar. And that kind of annoys me in a way, because I'm like, well, no, we're not. Like, she didn't want anything to do with me. She's not my sister in anything other than blood. And I think, yeah, I think all that stuff is quite interesting around... Yeah, like, yeah, I think family and, I, yeah, where you connect and stuff. Because I think I have, I've, I met quite recently one of my biological cousins mm. on my biological mum's side. Mm. Um, 
and it was funny because we we met for the first time and like had such a connection straight away and got on really well had quite a similar sense of humor and we were actually at her birthday party and someone was like oh my god you guys all dance the same mm. and I was like that yeah it's funny the things that yeah like nature v nurture yeah. and like yeah yeah like yeah I'm not sure that I believe necessarily that yeah like a blood connection means you automatically have some kind of like kinship with someone yeah. but it is interesting when yeah. you do meet people and yeah. suddenly feel that um because then on the flip side my dad wasn't really that involved mm. at all until I was about I was probably I think I was about six and I kind of said to my mum like everyone else has got a dad why haven't I got a dad mm. and she was like well you do have a dad um and so that's when he kind of kind of came on the scene I guess um but that was quite difficult because I think he'd never really signed up to be a parent. And suddenly he's got this little kid who's mm. like, oh, hi, Dad. <laughs> um, and he just didn't know how to handle it, I think. And he had a new partner and they were trying for a baby. And, yeah, I think for him it was just quite difficult. And so throughout my childhood, like, like he'd just take, like, once every six months or so, he might take me to, like, a posh restaurant. Mm. And I'd be like, I don't like any of this food. I don't want this. Um so we didn't really have that much of a relationship when I was growing up. But now as I'm getting older, we're sort of developing that, which is nice. Um, but my dad is Jamaican. Um, and so I think for me, there's a big draw there of wanting to know more about him and his heritage and his family, because I feel such a disconnect in terms mm. of that. Because mm. my adopted mum's family are Anglo-Indian. Um, and yeah, and obviously my biological mum is like white South African. So it's like, yeah, that that feels like quite a key part of my cultural mm. heritage that I just mm. don't know anything about. And I think that thing of when people are like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, Brighton. And I know like, where you're really <laughs> yeah, from. And yeah. I'm like, well, it feels a bit weird to say that. Well, like, you know, I'm half Jamaican because it's like I have no, I have literally no, yeah. I've never been to Jamaica. Yeah. Like, I don't know any of my Jamaican family. Mm. And my dad's family didn't know I existed until I think a couple of years ago, yeah. which also makes it quite complicated. Yeah. Because it's like, do you suddenly rock up and you're like, hey, I'm this 27-year-old yeah. niece or granddaughter yeah. you never knew you had. Like, yeah, yeah it's a tricky one. It's difficult, one. isn't it? Yeah, I know that feeling of... Um, I don't know, because I, I grew up with my older brothers, so there's that kind of... that family thing there already. But my younger brothers grew up sort of round the corner from us because there was too many of us to go to one family. And then it's just that thing of... my younger brother seeking out birth birth and biological relations and then just kind of the just having to manage that just people just because people knew people knew who we were so like our biological mum like her sisters and her side of the family knew who we were mm. and and then we were no longer part of the family because we all went into care and then it was kind of like you're not having anything to do with this woman and then we were just cut off from the rest of okay. the family and then 30 plus years later we emerge again because my brother's gone and found these people and it's just like you're dealing with just these people going oh my god like just people just phoning up and just being just because he gave out our numbers and all oh this kind god. of stuff <laughs> basically my younger brother did what you should not do he did all of it and he continues to just kind of do his own thing and i'm so wary of him when it comes to all this kind of stuff because it's like I cannot trust you not mm. to do certain things. So I don't, we don't really have a very close relationship. We never really did. But, um, yeah, getting thrust into a family that it's you're not. Do you know what? It's so difficult. And it's like, I can, I understand, I understand everybody in that. I understand his need to find these people. And especially when your older siblings are growing up around the corner and you're all, you're all, to, they're all together and yeah. they've kind of, we've got each other. And it's like, who have I got? I've got nobody really. And I want to have, I want, I want, his thing is for us to all to be together again. It's like, well, that's never going to happen. We're never going to, it's never going to happen as a family. We can't be, a, we're not a family. Yeah. We've never been a family for all of your life. You can't suddenly just expect people after years of not having anything to just, I don't know what you base that on. Yeah. You can't, it needs to have, it needs to, I don't know, it needs to be more than just blood. That's Do you know the, what I mean? Yeah. And that you can't suddenly undo 30 years worth of Yeah, of just lots of massive separate experiences, just a, and massive amounts of, I don't know, the reasons why we ended up being separated in the first place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's fundamental. And it was obviously, for my younger brother, he was too young and he doesn't, he doesn't have any memory of it and none of it ever happened to him because he was too young. Mm. And also, he also doesn't believe any of it. 
of what we have told him as well. You're like, cool, that's fair enough. Well, it did anyway. Oh. So it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're dealing with that and it's just like, well, come on, we're all grown up now. Let's just, you like, you don't quite get it. Yeah, so, not as simple as that. Yeah, so I find, I, I find being, a, being adopted as a child, as a youngster, it's like, yeah, you're adopted and whatever. But I also think being an adult adoptee comes with a whole different set of whatever's I can't yeah. even think of the word and no one I don't think anyone quite understands that yeah and I think that's it when you got up on that stage that day it was just such a thing of like oh my god there's someone yeah. else who's been adopted that yeah. I could chat to because yeah. it is it's like I think when you're a kid like I was yeah just kind of blindly accepted it as that's mm. what it is and <laughs> I remember when I was in primary school and we had to do like our family trees and I was really proud and I was like but I'm adopted and my teacher said no you're not don't tell lies Marley um and I went home and said to my mum, Mrs. Mrs. Drury said that I lied about being adopted. And my mum was livid. And she went marching in there and she was like, how dare you do this, blah, blah, blah. So my teacher had to like issue me an apology. <laughs> and they had to get me a special book that was like how I was adopted, which mm. was from America, which was all these adoption stories. But yeah, I used to tell like the bloke I was sitting next to on the bus. I'd be like, oh, so I didn't come out of her tummy. I'm adopted. <laughs> and I was super proud of it. And yeah. so it's it's nice because it's never been something I've been like in denial about. Mm. And people are always quite curious. Yeah. And, like, my best mate Uni was like, oh my God, were you like Annie? You're in an orphanage. Yeah, like, yeah. No, mate, it doesn't, doesn't happen like that <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> yeah. And definitely yeah. not in my case. Yeah. But yeah, as you get older, I think becoming aware of, yeah, just that it's, there's a lot that you're carrying that I think you mm. don't necessarily realise as a kid mm. and it's only when you get older and start to look back at the stuff and look at how relationships were and some of the stuff that you were expected to juggle and handle as a child that mm. you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense that I've got a few a few issues yeah, now yeah, as an adult. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm slowly starting to unravel um, some um, of those. Unpack some stuff, yeah. But it can be a lot. Yeah, I remember at school and um, we had to do, I think we had to do, we had to do a couple of things. We had to bring in... I remember doing a family tree and I'm like, oh, whose family tree am I... Because I don't know all of my... I don't know my biological family yeah. tree. I just know, like, me and my brothers. And then the name... Then you just do... You think, you put your name of your birth? You're like, I don't want to put her name. She's not my mum anymore. Yeah. We've not seen her for years. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We've not seen her for four years. You yeah. can't really... You can't put... Then you're like, well, do I put my, my foster mum down who later adopted us? And it's like, then you have this whole whole one side because she was like a single parent of just like white people from North Devon you're like <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of family tree it's just like do you know what and I don't think and it's not I'm not blaming the school but like the amount of stress of these little things that you're having to do like to sort of while everyone's going well this is this is who this is this is who this is you're like well if you can know your family that that's a piece of piece yeah, it's easy totally and then there was one time that we had to come and bring in a photograph when we were babies like well there's no photographs of me as a baby and then you're like so the youngest photograph of me is when I'm about three and like people are like, where's the photo of you as a baby? You're like, listen, mate, we were from a dysfunctional family. <laughs> no pictures. <laughs> Do you know but what I mean? But that's so much, yeah, as a kid to yeah. have to deal with that yeah. and deal with that amongst your peers. Like, mm. it's a lot of pressure to mm. put on children. I think that's it. The assumption that everyone comes from a normative family. Like, I mean, even I grew up, you know, I grew up in Brighton, which is very liberal. But, yeah, there's still that, I don't know, yeah, there's very traditional yeah. expectations. yeah. And, yeah, I think especially for kids that are in care or kids that, yeah, like you say, or don't come from that and don't necessarily have those same early experiences that are mm. really positive. I think that's mm. just a really complicated thing and a lot to put on very young kids. Yeah, I don't, I've, well, you know, I think people are more aware, I suppose, with kind of, kind of youngsters and sort of the sensitive, especially kids who've come from from like a, a difficult start. I don't mm. really like that phrase. Do you know what I mean? Because it just such a. <laughs> well, there's like I mean? a negativity on it. Yeah, I guess, like yeah. I've been sort of listening to various people and like and reading certain stuff and like language is around around sort of all of this. I find is just a bit kind of like there's a lot of language which, if you just use certain things, it's like it comes with so much baggage mm. and stigma already, and it's just like, and it's all and it all I find it all just sort of lands on the child. And maybe like the birth parents in a way, but I, I don't I don't think adults realise. And even, I suppose, like when my mum was, when we were with our mum, she did it. You know, I've sort of, I changed my feelings about her all the time, which surprises me. Mm. But I've never, um, I just feel, she didn't, I don't, she, she didn't know what she was doing with us. 
to the point that she was she couldn't cope yeah she couldn't cope with, i think there's a lot of stuff that's going like if i look back now like so she arrived in this country at 14 okay on her own um from jamaica mm-hmm. and her parents had come to this country at some point before without her and left her behind oh, wow, okay and then when she arrived into this country, she, I think she had a couple of younger sis- siblings who were born here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of thinking, imagine if you'd come to this country in the mid-60s, <laughs> in, in, in this disgusting, freezing cold yeah. country, and, and whatever's happened to you, I think unpleasant stuff had been happened in Jamaica, and she'd kind of been neglected mm-hmm. and abandoned by her parents, and you just turn up in this... God forsaken freezing cold <laughs> elbow. Do you know what I mean? And like everybody's just do you know what I mean? And you just you're not fitting in yeah. anywhere. You're not fitting in. And then a few years later you just start having children and it's all just a bit it, it, I don't I'm not surprised that it didn't go it didn't go wrong. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not surprised. But I also just don't think now if you look back, you'd hope that there was support for somebody like that, but there isn't. No. Because th- that's all being cut now yeah, anyway. Totally. So you just think I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that. But um, yeah, it just yeah. got me thinking. No, definitely. It's, yeah. And I think, I think that thing of not being, I think, yeah, certain people just not be, having kids when they're not necessarily cut out mm. have kids or not ready to have yeah. kids and the ramifications of that, mm. I guess. And then, yeah, that burden then, like you say, falling almost on the child because yeah. then it's like, I think when people ask you like, oh, well, why were you adopted? There's kind of always like a, Oh, there must have been something. You know what yeah, was wrong, what was yeah. going on. Like there's, there's always like a slightly gossipy, really yeah, awful, awful, yeah. And, and maybe there was, or maybe there wasn't. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's, and I think the the onus is on. I think sometimes people find. I think people expect women to care mm. and to want to parent. Yeah. And. I'm surprised that anybody wants to in the first place. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just think, I just think it's such a, it's such a thing. I don't know. So there's that whole thing about like bad mothers. Do you mm. know what I mean? And you're like, what about bad fathers? Yeah. What just about just parents? Just people sometimes are just not very good at parenting. Yeah. You know, being a woman doesn't make you a good, good. You're not going to be a great parent if you're just because you're a woman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I just kind of think there's yeah. a lot. And it's interesting, I think, because my adopted mum has much more resentment, I guess because of their shared history, like, she has much more resentment, I think, towards my biological mum. And, like, she's always getting annoyed with me. She's like, why don't you say this? Why don't you say that? Like, because I think, it's funny, I can say whatever I want to my adopted mum. Mm. And obviously I was a little cow when I was a teenager and said all sorts of things. But with my biological parents, always sort of on my best behaviour and find, you know, they might do something that upset me or annoyed me. But I'd find it so, so hard to call them out on it. Mm. And as much, like I was talking about it with someone a while ago and I felt really like, oh God, there is that part of me deep down that was that scared kid that was like, if I'm not perfect and if I'm not what you want me to be, mm. then you're not going to want me again. And I'd never thought that it was because I've, you know, because I felt like, well, I've been lucky enough to have him in my life the whole time. So I don't have that insecurity. But actually it was like, oh no, that is in there. Mm. Um, but going back to the mother thing, like, yeah, my, so my mum has the resentment towards my mum, but I think she just feels grateful that like, oh, well, at least your dad, you know, he made you. And then at least he shows up every now and again. And mm. she doesn't, I think she doesn't understand sometimes why I feel so, yeah, I suppose hurt and abandoned sometimes by him and by his, you know, lack of involvement in my life or his lack of interest. And I think now, now that I'm grown up and it's all done and I'm an adult, mm. I think he's quite keen for us to have a relationship. But there is the part of me that's like, but you didn't want me as a kid, mm. so you know why? Why do you want me now? Yeah. Sort of thing. But again, it's one of those things that I then I feel like, oh, but I should be grateful that he wants to be in my life yeah. now. So I think yeah, I feel really conflicted about that still. Um, and yeah, our relationship is definitely a work in progress. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I think when I first met you, you were talking about sort of uh, kind of meeting other family members on his side yeah. and all that kind of stuff and how that was kind of fraught. Yeah, well, because I'd said to him, I think I mentioned it when I was a kid, I was sort of like, I said to my mum one day, I was like, why aren't there any photos of me in his house? Because they had photos of like nieces and nephews and none mm. of me. Mm. And she's like, oh, well, you'll need to ask your dad about that. And so I did and it kind of finally came out that actually none of his family knew about me and so there couldn't be any photos of me because it'd be like oh well, who's that kid and he didn't want to turn around and be like oh that's my daughter and then I guess time went and I got older and just like the time never came for me to meet them um and then in terms of meeting 
so I really wanted to meet I wanted to meet his father who was Jamaican and who lived in Jamaica for most of the year um, but he was going to be like, he was kind of back and forth to the UK and I wanted to meet him and his sisters and stuff like that and so then there was going to be this birthday party and then something went wrong and the birthday party got cancelled and so it's just one of those things that's just kind of been pushed back yeah. and now his dad's passed away and it's like yeah, there's a real sadness there that's like, oh, he kind of passed away without me, you know, without ever knowing mm. I existed. And, or maybe, you know, maybe he did at that point, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there is, I definitely have that hunger there to know more about that side of the family. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I came up in, in my therapy session the other day, my therapist was talking, we were talking about like body image and me having quite a negative, and she was like, oh, but don't you think, don't you see other women in your family and be like oh well that's a trait from that family I'm like mm. no because I don't yeah. have any of that mm. and she was like oh yeah sorry I forgot um but it is that thing of like yeah when you don't you don't have those people to look yeah. and be like oh I get my big bum from blah yeah. blah or whatever like there's no there's no connection there and it's I was talking to her for that's what reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine a while ago um we were just talking about we were talking about like black women's bodies and I was like I said do you know what I said I went to school and I'm black, and I went to school in South London with loads of black girls who don't talk about their bodies in the way that all the white girls that I know mm, talk about their yeah. bodies. I said, <laughs> you don't, so when you're sitting there and you're looking and you're like, and with your black friends, you're like, there's certain things you just do not say. Yeah. You do not talk about your body in a certain yeah. way. Whereas like loads of white girls are going, well, I don't think you're like, I'll be sitting there just going, what is going? You, people do not understanding that I'm sitting there with like, with black friends and they would say certain things and you're like, and then you just chime in with something that you'd heard from your white yeah. friends. Like, trying to, what are you on about? You're like, nothing, actually, just forget that, forget that. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. So I'm just, I sit in that w world between just just stuff. Yeah. Just like certain things I can say in certain groups and stuff that I can't say yeah. in other groups. And certain bits that you can see about, because I've been doing this whole stuff about like the colour of, like colourism, mm -hmm. just talking to people about colourism and about like shades of skin and conversations that I've heard from because in my family, I'm of us siblings, I'm the lightest one. Okay. And my brothers, my older brothers are darker than me, and my younger brother is darker than them. And just have a conversation with people about the colour of my skin and how... I was like, yeah, you know, I've always been happy about being this colour, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want to be as dark as my brothers. And somebody yeah. said, why not? I said, because I said, to be a really dark-skinned black woman, it's, yeah. not, it's like, I think if for a guy... Society, well, I don't know, because I've never had that conversation with my brothers, but I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, like, all the stuff, like, now in terms of music and stuff mm. like that, like, yeah, like, light-skinned black women seem, yeah, like, there's much yeah. more of a platform there, and obviously yeah. all the stuff now, like, all the blackfishing stuff on Instagram yeah. of yeah. women who you're suddenly looking at, and you're like, you look more mixed race than I do. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's something that I've found quite hard, I suppose, in terms of, and still struggle with a bit in terms of my, like, racial identity, because mm. I think I feel like, Obviously now it's February and I am so white right yeah. now. And then I'll, you know, the sun comes out and people are like, oh my God, when did you get, why are you so dark? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm half Jamaican. Like, <laughs> this is what happens. But I think I've definitely had that thing of like, obviously I come past, you know, I get people saying, I had a woman come up to me the other day and she was like, you Turkish? And I was like, no, I'm not Turkish. I have people say, am I Thai? Am I Brazilian? Am I mm. whatever? And I think I can pass for a lot of things and I'm kind of white enough to pass as white and mm. But like not quite because people are always like, but you're you're clearly from somewhere. But then obviously like often like mixed race and black people don't necessarily assume that I'm mixed race, and so and then I feel like oh well I've had the privilege of being able to pass as white, so I've not necessarily experienced like the racism, and it's just like, and then I feel really guilty, and I'm like, someone said to me the other, the other day they were like, you need to stop waiting for someone to give you permission to like own who you are, like. Mm just because you don't necessarily like tick all the boxes, like it is a fact that you are half Jamaican and that is fine for you to take pride in that and take mm -hmm. ownership of that. And yeah, it was like, I was kind of waiting for like a seal of approval mm. from like the black community mm. to be like, you can be one of us. But yeah. yeah, it's like just, I think, yeah, very much being on the, yeah, on like a weird, that ethnically ambiguous yeah. fence, I guess. Which... So how did you identify as a, ch as a teenager then? <sighs> Especially growing up in Brighton as well. Yeah, well, I think, I think I always, I don't know, I think probably I would have said I was mixed race, but I think it was always definitely something that I, yeah, found complicated. And mm. I remember having a conversation with my mum about it, because she, so she's, um, her dad was Anglo-Indian, but her mum was white. And I said to her the other day, like, cause she gets really annoyed, cause she had, she's got blonde hair, 
but she's better, and all of her brothers and, and siblings are much, much darker than her. But she's got blonde hair, but she's got very dark skin, um, especially in the sun. And like, yeah, she'll go quite dark. And I was like, you know, how do you identify? And she was like, well, yeah, I suppose if I was pressed, I would say that I'm, you know, that I am mixed race. Um, but yeah, I think it was that, yeah, that weird thing of like, yeah, they'd see, especially because I think when I was a kid, I was much darker. And she always jokes now, because I think that's the thing, my mum is quite um, blunt about these things. So, um, She'll be like, whenever I mess up in anything, she's like, I should have picked that other child in the orphanage. She would have got into Oxford or like, you look darker when you're a baby. I should have put the other baby in the orphanage. She would have grown up and had nicer dark skin because <laughs> she really, you know, celebrates that and is really proud of, mm. you know, that. And yeah, anyway, I think I've just rambled and I'm not sure what my point was there or where I was going. With identity. That, but <laughs> identity like, and feeling complicated. Yeah. yeah. That's um, the thing. Because when you are sort of, I don't know, because this conversation I had the other week, about like the politics of like transracial adoption and then like the biggest the biggest group in terms of like ethnic minorities are like mixed race children mm -hmm. because they don't know where they fit in and if you've got white carers and parents how do you address that yeah well i wanted to shout out listen for starters you need to live in a big city yeah, do you know what i mean you sure. can't be doing this in the middle of nowhere because that must be so hard, I think, if you grow up in the middle of, like, you're in the middle of North Devon and you're mm. the only black kid in the village, mm. that must be a, mm. a nightmare. Because we so. used to rock up there in the summer holidays and it was strange. Mm. It was strange. And we used to get stared at, like, massively to the point of, like, why is everyone staring mm. so much? And now, I suppose if we went there as adults, because we wouldn't be out as a family, we'd be there as individuals yeah, and all that. It's, yeah. it's kind of a bit different. You can you can do stuff differently, but when you're a child and people are like, what's going on here? Whereas, like, if you're an adult, you're an adult yeah, in this place, yeah, yeah. it's a bit different. And people come and kind of, they won't assume that you're a family in mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But it's I was just going to say, actually, about, yeah, in terms of that, in terms of identity in Brighton, because mm -hmm. um, Brighton, in spite of being very liberal, is very white. Mm. And what you were saying earlier about the kind of conversations you have with white friends and whatever, but I think because I went, I got a scholarship when I was 11 to go to a private school and my mum, bless her, she's a cleaner, but she had been determined, we lived in a council flat, but she was determined that I was going to go to a private school. Mm. That was like her dream for me. And so I got this scholarship to this all girls school and it was just, it was mad because I'd gone from like a massive state school where, you know, kids, lots of kids with divorced families, like careful kids, lots of people from different backgrounds and so it wasn't yeah, it wasn't weird or different. And then suddenly I'm plonked down in this very posh school where mm. like yeah, it's everyone has got like a mummy and a daddy and two point four siblings and yeah, I think that definitely had an impact on me and feeling kind of yeah, for the first time I think being aware that my situation was very different from a lot of people's and mm. yeah. And then feeling the pressures I think of wanting to conform to another yeah, another part of my identity that mm. I kind of had to shape to fit into a certain mould, I think, um, which was, yeah, a complicated one. Sounds, I, I um, yeah, because my mum's a teacher as well, so like being adopted by a white woman who's a school teacher, <laughs> let me tell you, is a, is a thing, let me tell you, and going to like a, a comprehensive, like a South London comprehensive, where no one really did any work, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the black kids were having their own issues with all sorts of authority mm. and white authority and all this kind of stuff. Like, I ain't working, I ain't doing nothing. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I'd have to come home and my mum would be like, where's your homework? And I'm like, listen, mate, you do not understand what is going on right now. Was she a teacher at your school? No, she wasn't. Oh, okay, thank no, God. but she didn't quite understand. Like, she was also like an infants and nursery school teacher, okay. and she didn't understand the dynamics of a secondary school. Yeah. And a secondary school in. It's like she was a primary school teacher in kind of South London, but she didn't understand. Like, kids at four and five are fine, they're all cool, and their parents might be a little bit wild, but it's all good. Mm. But I went to school, and the kids are wild. Yeah. Like, everyone's just doing their own thing. And they're, they, they haven't, this, looking back now, I'm just looking, and it's made me think, like, over the last few years about, in terms of, like, when I went to school, and the, I went to an all-girls school, and the dynamics of race and sexuality and all that kind of stuff was going on in my school yeah. and it's like no one knew really what was going on and when you look back as an adult you're like oh wow so that's there was so much stuff and there was so much stuff that we were dealing with from teachers mm -hmm. and teachers expectations of mostly 
black kids mm-hmm. and like such low expectations yeah. of black kids and you're like I went to school I went to primary school with these kids they're not thick yeah they're not yeah, thick yeah. then they, they've they've given they've given up they've also been teenagers mm-hmm. but any it's just it was it was all that stuff is kind of crazy yeah and then when it would come to parents evening and like I f- I kind of failed because everybody else around me was failing and I didn't want to fail but it's just like I cannot succeed in this environment and be a black kid without getting my head kicked yeah. in. So I have to fail. Yeah, which and is crazy. Yeah, yeah so it's just like, I failed like my secondary school education just so that I wouldn't get beaten up. And so like parents evening, they'd be sitting there and like talking to my mum and like, so this white teachers and my white mum was a teacher sitting there just going, I don't know what to do. Like, guys, just... <laughs> you <laughs> you haven't got a clue. You haven't got a clue what is going on here. You haven't got a clue what is going on here. But yeah, so I don't even know where I'm going with that. But like in terms of identity and conforming to certain mm. things, it's like, I don't know. And then when you've got, I don't know, this is the thing that like sometimes if you can be, I don't know, because I always kind of think being adopted by a white, sort of a middle class white woman mm-hmm. has kind of sprung me out of things yeah, and into a different world mm-hmm. that I've not actually had to work for any of it. Do you know what I mean? So like I've... Like in terms of let's say like white privilege, I yeah. have benefited from it <laughs> in such a way that it's it's unbelievable. Like I cannot, uh, my life is so. If I if we'd stayed with our if we'd stayed with our biological mum, it would not be like the life I have now. Yeah. Like materially, just mm-hmm. just all the things that I've had. So sometimes I think I don't know. I feel like a bit of a fraud. That's so yeah. That's really interesting. I feel like a massive but- fraud. Because, like, in terms of, like, my friends that I, I know, that I grew up with, and some of them went to university, some of them didn't go to university. But, like, I don't even want to talk about where I live, but I've got a very nice home. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just, like, it's just, like, it's just all these yeah. really weird things that... You know, like, when you're a children of, like, immigrants, and then you your parents work, and they, they, do, they give you certain things yeah. that they didn't have uh-huh. so that you can have a better life. Yeah. It's like, I have totally skipped all of that. I have skipped all of the hard work and I've got the rewards. <laughs> and it's That's just, it's, not true, though. That's not true. I have worked hard, but, yeah, like, in terms yeah. of, but I've also just really benefited <laughs> from a really good adoption. Do you know what I mean? It's just like... And even then, like, my mum's a teacher. It's not like... We're not, yeah, like, not landed, rolling in it. Yeah, yeah. Landed gentry, <laughs> but we were just lucky enough to own a house when it was a good time to buy a house. Yeah, and it was... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's just like... So it really feels really weird that all of, I always think of, when I, like in terms of my life, I just feel like I've just, I do feel like a massive fraud. That's really weird. Yeah. Because like in terms of like the black girls that I went to school with, like their lives were really different from mine. And so when I would sit there and get stick from, the, I, I think sometimes I got away with certain things from school when, like with teachers, because they knew who my mum was and they were like, do you know what, she'll be all right in the end. Mm. Do you know what I mean? She's not like the rest of these black kids who are just, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's funny, I feel like mine is like back to front because my mum is so working class, my adopted mum is so working class but had so much like drive and ambition for me whereas like she always jokes that my biological mum who's very middle class would have just been like oh do what makes you happy darling whereas my mum's like no, you need to work hard and it's so funny now like her priorities and it's that weird double thing where she's obviously struggled all her life single parent, like cleaner on benefits, Mm -hmm. like trying to raise me and wanting me to have like better things than what mm. she had and you know takes such pride in the fact that she grew up in care and she's like look at my child my child works in publishing mm. and all this stuff which is like lovely but then also has these very yeah I suppose like she's like she said to me the other day she's like well you need to you need to marry rich and I'm like what you know well you're you know feminist lesbian over here like what <laughs> what are you talking about and she's like well you know you need someone who's going to provide for you and I'm like I'm going to provide for myself yeah. she's like it's not enough it's not enough and it's just yeah Juggling that different thing of what her expectations are for me, which are, yeah, on the one hand, like, really positive, mm. but, yeah, that core fear, I think, that doesn't go away when you grow up without a lot of money. That's, mm. like, yeah, and I've got that benefit of having, yeah, like, I guess, yeah, almost, like, transcended the... Because it's, like, yeah, I grew, obviously, I grew up in a yeah, grew up in a council flat, like, very working-class mum, but I'm, like, I suppose I... Could I be considered working-class now? Like, that's where I came from, mm. but, like, obviously now I live quite a middle-class lifestyle, mm. and it's... Yeah, I think yeah. all of that stuff in terms mm. of identity and where you're coming from and what world you then end up inhabiting, I mm. think, means that you can feel like a bit of a fraud in either one. Yeah. And like I remember my cousins 
on my, my mum's side, I used to be such a novelty to them because they'd be like, oh my God, why are you doing your homework? Like, and they thought it was really weird, but because my mum had really instilled that in me, mm. it was like, that was, that was a real thing. But in their family, that wasn't a thing at all. And so it was like, I think, yeah, I think that really, that thing of feeling like an outsider in all the different pockets of my families. Mm. It was like, yeah, my, my adopted family and cousins, I was like this, yeah, this freak show that had mm. come along who was like a bit of a nerd and like a bit of a good girl mm. and they were all doing whatever they were doing. And then, yeah, with my like adopted parents, uh, my biological parents not quite being, yeah, the right kind of child for them, mm. I suppose. And I think now it's something that I really struggle not to do where I'm like, am I being, I mean, obviously like everyone has that thing of like, who, who am I really? <laughs> but like, I think, yeah, like questioning, I suppose, yeah, am I being my authentic self? Like which bit of me mm. is the real me? Mm. And I think I definitely feel like, yeah, have like, I can just like, I'm, yeah, I feel like a real chameleon. Like mm. I'll switch up depending on what I need to be yeah. for different people in different circumstances. Yeah. And it has its advantages, but then mm. sometimes at the end of the day, you're just like, I'm it's just exhausting. So yeah. yeah. Constantly having to put it's that exhausting. face on. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Because I realised that it's only in the last few years that I've been, like outside of my really close group of friends that I've been speaking about being adopted. Because mm-hmm. I thought, you just have to just keep, exp- you have to explain it. to yeah. like, when, do you, when do you explain to somebody? When do you let somebody know that you weren't raised by somebody who gave birth yeah, do you know what I mean How, yeah, when, yeah. To, when are you meant to it was like well let's just not do it then yeah. and then I just found that I just became quite secretive mm. or it's not secretive quite private so everything I just I just would just but locking everything okay. and it's just like <laughs> people are like what, what's going on you're like oh yeah actually so I try and it's just and it's just something I've done over I've done it I've done it I've done it my whole life yeah it's like like, protective yeah you're like yeah you're and... like right I'm just not gonna and then you just be like no one really knows who you are. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it's because, well, well, because once they do, it's just like, <laughs> it's just too much for me even just, because then you have to deal with, like, I remember, like, a few years ago, like, a, like I'd known her for ages, like, we used to work together, like, we're good friends, and she'd ask me stuff. And then she'd be like, it was coming up to my birthday, and she'd be like, so, and I, I'm not told her that I was adopted, and I was thinking, she'd be like, do you look like your mum? And I was like, yeah. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but we kind of got the same colour eyes. You're like, okay, cool. And then, like, a, f- a few months later, it was like, so, your mum, yeah? I'm like, right. And then she just sort of, then there was like a massive pause. Are you adopted? I was like, yes, I am actually, yeah. But was it really a relief to tell her? Or? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was just like, I was like, I don't know how to tell people that I am adopted. Like, like, cause it's a bit weird, and then, and then, and then she was, she, and then she was kind of grateful that I told her, mm. and then she was just like, then she went, oh, I'm sorry. I went, why are you sorry for? Yeah. Is that thing? Because then they're, they're like, well, something's happened, hasn't yeah, yeah, it? And yeah. you're like, I said something did happen, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm, f- it's not for you to be upset about. Totally. Yeah, it's that yeah. thing of just like. I'm just then she was like I was thinking of you when you were little. I went, but don't do yeah, don't yeah. do that. Like it's 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 weird. So that's why sometimes I don't tell people because then you have to you have to then look after them. Totally, yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a selfish no. way, but you're like you have to be mindful of their how they're going to react to it. Yeah. Because most people will be like, oh, do you know what I mean? Because it's not you don't meet in adopted people every day, no. and usually everyone thinks adoption means something. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something about people who've been adopted. There is a certain, like, a bit of a self-sufficiency there of, mm. like, I don't know, of taking care of yourself and not necessarily trusting that someone else is going to do yeah. it for you, I guess. And I think that can be really hard. I'm getting into deep therapy stuff now. Mm. But, like, yeah, even now it's, like, I find that really hard to... Yeah, like, I think we were saying about, like... um yeah, like it's too much to put on someone. So mm. it's like, oh, I don't want to burden yeah. you with all my crap. Yeah. So I'm just gonna, mm. you know, I'm just I gonna can keep look that. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've got been this. Doing I'm it for fine. Years. Yeah. Oh, look at me. I'm sitting yeah. here in front of you. I'm not crying. I'm not a mess. I'm, I'm yeah. all right. But you're like, but then sometimes I am a mess. Do yeah, you know what I mean? That's but it. And like, sometimes it is nice to pass yeah. on that load. Yeah. But then you're like, yeah, scared that it's gonna yeah. be too heavy for yeah. someone else to carry. Because I didn't want my friend to be upset. Yeah. For little you. When you're like, she's fine. Look, we're here now. I'm here now. It's there's and other people have looked after little. Do you know what I mean? It's it's fine. It's just. It's a it's a weird one. It's yeah, a it's a lot one. to explain. I mm. think it's a lot. And then you kind of have to. 
And then it's like, what bits do you include and what bits don't you include? And then you're a bit like, well, so who lived with who? You're like, right, there's this amount of us and then this happened. You're like, oh, you just need to give people like the, the cut yeah, down version yeah, of the like, little, like, this is this bit, this is this bit. Everyone's fine. I know everybody. Boom. Not like seen the Netflix years. Yeah. synopsis, you know, the previous <laughs> like, thing, wrong. Can you sum it up in two yeah, lines? exactly. Two, three maximums. Like, boom, boom, boom. It's fine. Don't worry. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Got and to then, hone that. Yeah. And then you just have to just keep doing it. Because then when the, the more people that you meet and you're like, uh, and now because I'm doing this as well, like more people kind of like, so you adopted? You're like, oh yeah, I said I was, didn't I? Because oh, now, now, now it's out now, in the world. And now, now people are just like, <laughs> So, I know somebody who's adopted, and then they tell you about their friend who's adopted. You're like, let, let, let your friend tell me. That's it, yeah, don't yeah, tell someone else's yeah, story. Yeah, let your yeah. friend tell me. It's like, please. Like, because on that night that I met you, this woman, this other woman came up to me, and I wanted to hit her, actually. <laughs> she made me so, just, she made me so angry. She made me so angry, because she was telling me about her cousin who'd been adopted, and her cousin had been adopted, and she said, um, he's been the last week. She said, oh, he's, but he was adopted when he's he was adopted when he was a baby. Um, but he's always had problems, and he's always just had problems with his family. And now, since since a teenager, like he's had various like alcohol and substance problems. And ever since like since as a teenager, he's he said he doesn't feel um, part of the family. I went, but I think that's got kind of a normal thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a normal thing for adoptees. I mean, that's a normal thing for just youngsters sometimes when you're a tech, do you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, we just don't know what to do with him because we do love him, we've loved him, and, and it's, I'm really hurt that he says that. I'm thinking, I'm really hurt that you're saying this yeah. to me, actually, and you've made his all this about you. Totally. And I think there is that weird... I remember having a conversation with a friend and they were talking about... Yeah, about that thing of people that have been adopted and then you know, sometimes failed adoptions. Mm. And he was like, yeah, but you know, that kid should be grateful that yeah. they've been, and it's like, whoa, 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 yeah. that kid didn't choose to be yeah. in that position. And you know, those adults have to take responsibility mm. for that. And I think, yeah, I mean, I can't even, I, I've never, like, yeah, I can't imagine how how traumatic that must be, I mm. guess, if you've already gone through the trauma or whatever's mm. gone on in your past that's led to you you know, entering into the care system or whatever and then getting adopted and then that breaking down, I think must be such yeah. a, a damaging thing. But it was just, I was so shocked that he, yeah, he was like, oh, well, you know, that kid should be grateful and mm. then that kid should, you know, then has to yeah. abide by like a, a higher standard yeah. of behaviour than, it's like every teenager is a nightmare whether mm. they're yours or not. And mm. it's like, if your own kid started nicking from you, yeah. would you suddenly put them in care? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not automatically, yeah. whereas mm. it's like, oh, you're adopted and you've started acting out of mm. line. Like, mm. We didn't, yeah. we weren't expecting this. We thought this was all going to be yeah. sort of all, all kind Hunky of ro- all yeah. and glitter. And now it's just like real life, but real life in a way that we weren't expecting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People's, yeah, people's perceptions, I think, of adoption and what yeah. adoption is and what adopted people should be mm. and stuff is... That whole grateful thing yeah. is such a, is such a... Mm. It's a fucking, fucking, fucking nightmare, to be honest. Like the conversations I had, I've had with people, apologies for swearing multiple times just then, but the conversations I've had with people like recently about certain things like adoption and grateful, and I, don't know, I had an argument with a friend like a few months ago about I should be grateful to my mum for adopting us, and I was like, whoa, mate, listen, don't ever, don't, mm. don't ever come at me with that. Yeah. Because... I am grateful, but I'm not grateful. Mm-hmm. And also, I've said to my mum a million times, I wish you I wish you weren't my mum sometimes. I wish that we'd never had this situation for me. To, do you know what I mean? And my mum's like, yeah, cool. That's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, she's fine with that. I said to my friend, there's no point. Have you ever said to your parents, I'm grateful yeah, for this? I said, you never do. And she yeah. went, oh, of course I have. I'm like, listen, I'm not having this conversation yeah. with you anymore. You never have. You know, this whole thing around adoptees and the way that adoptees should be. Mm-hmm. Just be grateful that an adult is, you know... Loves them and, yeah. and and is nice to them. Yeah. It's like that's that's a nonsense. Yeah, and it's funny because I never thought I had that because my mum is very I don't know. Yeah, it's I've always sensed she's always been very clear that she loves me unconditionally mm. or whatever. But I think all my life it's like I have to. Sometimes I feel like we're living, like I'm living both of our dreams. Mm. Like her wanting me to go to private school, like she was desperate for me to go to Oxford, mm. and I remember when I didn't get in. I remember her. I heard her say to my stepmom, "I just can't believe she didn't get in," and I wasn't 
I was kind of like, whatever, fine. I'd Where did you go in the end? Bristol. That's Honestly, good enough. You know, I went to a decent uni. Um, but I just remember I'd done like a 12, I was working in a fish and chip shop and I'd mm. come back from this 12 hour shift at the chippy and I came back, got the letter, I was like, I didn't get him, whatever, I'm going mm. to bed. And I just heard her say that to my stepmom. And that's what made me cry because I was like, I've let her down, mm. I've let her down. And I think even though I don't necessarily, yeah, feel like I need to feel grateful to her or whatever, mm. there is that thing of, and maybe I would always feel that because I know she sacrificed a lot mm. to raise me or whatever. Mm. But there is the part of me that's like, you know, I need to do it proud. Mm. And yeah, and I think our relationship's gone through some rocky stuff recently. And mm. yeah, she threw out, and it's the first time, you know, apart from in joking, and she threw out, sometimes I wish I'd never adopted mm. you. And it was the most cutting mm. thing, actually. And, you know, we've said some horrible stuff to mm. each other over the years, but I think that... And, you know, obviously since she's apologised profusely mm. and it was said in a moment of, you know, when she was in a not a good state, but... Yeah, it's still there, though, isn't it? That's it's still, it. And it's that's, still that's like lodged can... in that little nugget yeah, that's like, like... Yeah, yeah. and again, I think that fear of if I'm not the... Per- and I think that's mm. the thing that I carry all the time is if I'm not the perfect person, mm. then that person will leave. Mm. And, and yeah, it feels really sad saying that, but mm. I think that I think is the truth I think of it. A, um, yeah, because I was always kind of like, if I'm not... Because I always kind of thought as well, like being adopted as well and having this life that, you know... My mum was always saying to me, you're going to go to university. I'm like, oh, man, really? <laughs> I, can't even, I haven't even got a decent GCSE. I can't even... Do you know what I mean? You don't, you don't understand. So like, having sort of aspirations of somebody from a different mm. class and then all of, around you, it's just like, just going to get a job down at like the local CNA or something. Yeah. Or not suspenses. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're like, I don't know, just dealing with other people's kind of expectations. Yeah. It's just a bit... But you find your own way. Yeah, man, just being an adult is fine. And then you yeah. move to London or live in London and you can just be whoever That's you want it. to be. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's it doesn't good. Matter. The joy of the city, even yeah. if it is grey and miserable. Mm. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Got anything mm. else? No, I think that's. I think I've bared my soul. I think we've done all right there. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. for letting us come do this. Cheers. Cheers. Glad you liked it. Thanks for listening to the Loco Parentis podcast. I've been Twana May. See you soon.